0: Too many leaders lead for validation, not impact, for what they can get out of it more than what they can give to it. Hi, my name is Chris, and I'm obsessed with how leaders grow and develop, and I too have insecure moments, we all do. Glad you're here with me now on the Sight Shift Podcast so you can learn how to lead for impact, not validation. Have you ever felt like leadership would be easy except for the people part. Like if they would just take this vision I'm giving, if they would not resist it, if they would run with it, if they would uh, accept it and believe in it and support it. What happens for a lot of leaders is they start to see something. They may not see it very clear. It still may be blurry or maybe crystal clear, but wherever they find themselves, as that idea, that inspiration has started to come up within them, (laughs) and they're going to help other people with it, what ends up happening is they hit the street level and then they get frustrated. And so you almost feel like you have this war between the people and the vision. And so what I'm going to walk through in this next 10-part series here on the podcast, or if you're watching it on YouTube, is how to be the kind of leader who doesn't get into a war between the people and the vision. And some of you are going to find inspiration along the way on how to find vision. Some of you are going to learn some really Um, sophisticated strategies that are going to help you make peace with this, leadership would be easy, except for the people part. Years ago, uh, I was in a place where I was talking to a friend and I was leading this organization through change. And it was a change they needed to make. It was a change that was necessary for the survival of the organization. But I was uh, forcing the change too fast. I was also... um, Too stubborn about how the change was unrolling, and I was failing to cooperate with the things that were unfolding to to nurture the momentum of the change. And really frustrated, I said to my friend, Man, if the people would just accept the vision. And he said this back to me, and I'm still not over it. He said, Chris, the people are the vision. The people are the vision. That rung my bell so deeply. That's a massive idea that my life has been committed to for over 20-something years of public leadership. But I've really only known how for the last 10 or 15 years to zero in on that idea and really make the people the vision. So in this 10-part series, we're going to walk through that. All of these are individual ideas and lessons. Uh, You can take any one of them. This first one, I want you to understand the three shifts that have to occur to even start the journey of making the people, the vision. Three shifts that have to occur. If you're going to learn to make peace between this idea of leadership would be easy except for the people part. Here's the three shifts. The three shifts. Number one, the horizon. The horizon has to shift. Carl Jung talks about this idea that you don't actually solve the problem you're in. You get to the horizon beyond and as you work on that, it solves where you are. Of course you're always creating new problems for yourself that's the nature of leadership we are solving problems somebody asked me how i was doing the other day and i love the answer that came out kind of instinctively and just from a place of intuition i said it's great i'm working on the problems that i wanted to be solving a couple of years ago so my horizon has shifted now i'll go into some individual episodes about what it means to have a horizon shift for yourself for your organization, for even the big ideas you may commit your life to. But there has to be something that is beyond where you currently are. What happens for so many leaders is they get stuck emotionally. They don't realize how quickly they move from willing to sacrifice for that next horizon to a a place of dread and they may be not in full-on dread, but in some way there's something that's happened for them that's caused them to not be engaged in where they are. A number of years ago, I remember in what I was involved in at that time leading, I had come out of the restroom, was headed into a team meeting, and I had this like thought feeling pop up, man, I don't care if I ever lead another team meeting again. I heard Matthew McConaughey talk about this idea that you know, he was about to take a call for something he was involved in and he didn't wanna take the call. And it was assigned to him to make a big change, that the horizon had shifted. Um, so for some of us as leaders, there's a big change that we need to make. For some of us, we actually have to learn to re-relate to where we are. We, we can't just leave that circumstance. It might be a commitment we've made personally to an organization, a personal commitment. We're not just going to be like, peace out. I don't feel it anymore. We're using this spectrum of where I'm moving from sacrifice to dread to just pay attention to how I am feeling, how I'm engaged with the horizon. This idea of a horizon shift is what is the starting point to actually go on a journey to take people somewhere they've never been before, to take yourself somewhere you've never been before. I mean, that's the beautiful part about leadership for me. It's like the reality I'm committed to today can change tomorrow. And I'm going to have to upgrade my view of reality that I'm living in a different world I'm living in a completely different experience than the one I would have imagined a couple of decades ago. I mean, I can transport back in time almost some moments and see myself, you know, 25, 27 years ago in college, sitting in a course, so convinced of my view of the world, so convinced of what I was supposed to do. And man, it's been a blast figuring a lot of that out. But that guy didn't know jack compared to what this guy knows now and what that's gonna be like now at 45 when I'm 65 looking back. So the the leadership function here that's so huge is, I'm constantly keeping myself from being lost in what's happening in the moment to get to that horizon. I, I've gotta have a awareness and a connection to this moment, but I also gotta be able to see that horizon. That's the nature, nature and function of of leadership. I see something that other people aren't seeing. It's huge. It's Martin Luther King Jr. getting up and going, what if society worked this way? What if we interacted this way? And man, I mean, there's no scientific breakthrough without this same idea. Uh, Charles Kuhn talks about, you know, we're in a place. We're committed to that reality scientifically. And then the idea that puts us into the next paradigm sounds, sounds so wrong from a scientific standpoint. It sounds flawed and broken and irrational. Sometimes that's the nature of leadership. Vision starts somewhere in here. And it starts, as it starts to grow and develop, you know, I could point to our mind, but it's the combination of the heart and the mind, the guts and soul of who we are as leaders. And and in this place within, we start to see something that could be, that should be true. And you know what? When you get to that spot, you're not going to have enough resources to get there. The beginning points of vision, you get bothered about something. The beginning point of a horizon you want to get to, you see something that could be and should be true. And you're not going to have enough time, energy, and money to get there. You're not going to have enough leaders to get there. But that's that's why we grow. So we start to sacrifice. We start to pay this price. And as we do that, we have a horizon shift. And The viewpoint that we're operating from today is different than the viewpoint we were operating from two years ago. And on and on and on that process goes. So the question I have is, what is the next horizon? If there's no next horizon, you don't have to force that. You can't manufacture this. You don't want to do that because you're not going to really be engaged. You're going to be living in authentically. People will know. They will smell that out. It doesn't matter how much your business plan is developed, how much money you spend on getting the best team involved. Ever heard of Quibi? Quibi spent like a billion dollars to try to launch that video platform. That that was not something that was coming from someone's vision. I was on a board years ago, and they were going to set uh, the vision of this new uh, piece they were launching and developing, and then they were going to find the leader. And the particularities of that vision didn't need to be defined until we found the leader. Yeah, of course, the general direction was there, but I just said to the board, Let's find the leader and let them define the particularities because they're going to be passionate about it and own it. And if we don't have that engaged and involved in this process, it is doomed from the beginning. There has to be a horizon shift, something that is in you, you want to see happen. I'm going to give you a couple of different episodes on specifics of horizon shifts, but that's a great starting point. There also needs to be a head shift, a head shift. You're taking that horizon that you see And you're letting the vision of that horizon crowd out your current routines rituals habits and rhythms all of our lives are a combination of all kinds of systems and routines and habits and rituals and rhythms they may be unstated they may be unknown they may be um unattended to but they're there we're all doing them in some ways that's the nature of the human mind to fall into these repetitive patterns now part of that is protecting us from discomfort part of that is helping us reduce cognitive load i can't wake up every day and start from scratch on building a model of reality instead i have to get quickly into different models and this can be huge as the way that i'm looking at strategic direction and it could be even small i don't need to think about how to put toothpaste on a toothbrush now what's happening for a lot of leaders as they get stuck here they don't move from the horizon shift to the head shift and actually systematize the new routines, the new habits. If you have a horizon where you want to get, one of the quickest things I would do is force function a new calendar. That's a systems shift. That's a head shift that supports this new direction. If I could show you what it would look like to be at the next horizon, that you could feel that and see that and hear that and just love it. If I could could get that into your calendar and show you what a day would look like, you would run to that day right now. That's the nature of leadership. Again, we're seeing what can't be seen, and we're going off into this future, into the uncertainties and the unknowns. Of course, there's going to have doubts. We'll we'll do other episodes on doubts. But for now, you've got to move this into a system. And this is what the best leaders do. The best leaders get a horizon shift for who they see their people can become. (laughs) Ha <laughs> See, the people are the vision. If you can focus on who your people can become and you can marry that to where we can go as a team or an organization, that's the golden stuff. And then I wanna have a head shift. I wanna have a system to build and develop leaders that get us there. See, what's too, what too many leaders are doing is relying on an inspirational moment, a gimmicky seminar, a hype, fad idea, a Navy SEAL yelling at you because if you carry this log and you yell enough, then people will naturally bond as a team and the team will get balanced. and You'll have the right people, and the right roles and the right mindsets. No, 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 no. It doesn't happen that way. People fill out the notebook and set it on their shelf and never touch it again. A trust fall will not change your life. I mean, if I'm in conflict with my daughter and I put my hand on her shoulder and say, hey, honey, let's have a trust fall that's gonna make everything better. No, it doesn't make anything better. You have to, from a system standpoint, with data and a process, say, this is how I'm gonna build leaders. I'm gonna go deeper into that in this series, but what kind of process are you using? I love asking uh, leaders this question, like what's your leadership development process look like? For some, it's like a hot air balloon. So many leaders in their organization are leading for validation, not impact, because we're just chasing the next inspiring idea. And by the time that idea fades, we're on to the next thing. And we're pursuing something that we never really figure out how to show up and do on repeat. And so the winds of change swirl in the organization, and all of our lofty ideas about building leaders come crashing down to the earth. For some, You know, if I ask them what their leadership development process is looking like and what's happening in their world today, it's not like a hot air balloon. It's more like a circus. They're just doing something they've always done. They're going through the motions. They're pursuing something. They're trying to get somewhere with it, but it's really faded into irrelevance as they just keep going through the motions. Why do you study this book this way? Why do you use this for your sales process? Why do you do your meetings this way? Look, we don't have the ability from a cognitive load standpoint to reinvent everything. We don't have to. But I just want to know, are you trying to get somewhere and you're not really getting there because it's like a circus and we're just keeping this show going, but it's fading into irrelevance. And some ask them what their leadership development process is like, and it's more like a leaky ship. They have an intention but there's hidden things underneath the surface dragging it down. You got that one cynical jaded player crosses their arms like, I ain't going along with this. I'm going to use my face to show how immature I am and let you know, I think this is stupid because cynicism is cool. Whatever the egos and the insecurities and the politics and the sideways energy that are happening in your organization, they are underneath the water and it's causing that ship to leak and sink. No organization, builds leaders who builds leaders without a head shift. Now, after that, we get to the third shift, the heart shift. And the heart shift is the point of it all. Because again, the people are the vision. And a lot of organizations want to start at the heart places. Like, how do we amplify our culture? How do we build it in a way that we don't distort and dilute who we are? There's some things we need to conserve about where we've come from, but yet we need to progress into this future. They don't even know how to navigate or articulate these tension points or these truths. They just know that they want it to be better. Well, it's going to get better through a horizon shift and a head shift, but we're going to bolt that down in the heart shift. Because in the heart shift, I start to look at, I am... I'm courageous about this team that we can get somewhere we've never been before. I believe in us transforming, but I'm also compassionate to let those go who aren't going to make it. That I might feel frustrated at them right now. And that's on me because I can't lead them well if I'm frustrated at them. But I need to look for who are the people that are growing with us into this next stage and arena and area. And I can't have a soft heart and a sharp mind in these moments if it's clouded with my frustrations and my judgments and my insecurities. What happens for the leader is the way that the people are responding to the changes show their insecurities. And so what oftentimes a leader will do is they'll build a team to mirror and match their personality, to comfort their insecurities so they never have to lead people who are very different from them. I am fascinated and obsessed with putting teams together, diverse teams, where it's diverse in thought and experience and expression, where there are people that are not the same and they have different viewpoints and they have different freaky zones of genius. And as those come together, this heart shift occurs and we're team centric. It's not about the individual heroes. The heroes will get you going. The heroes will not keep you going. The smartest leaders shift the horizon. They cooperate with what's happening inside of them. They commit to a head shift to get beyond heroes into systems. And they let that deepen the quality of the relationships. We're relating ourselves into an ever-deepening vision. The people are the vision. Where are these three shifts at work in your life? Dive in, find out, get more. We're always here for you at SightShift.com, S-I-G-H-T, Shift.com. Peace. Thanks for joining me on this episode. There's always more for you at SightShift, S-I-G-H-T, Shift.com to be the leader you were meant to be.